welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we're going to be discussing the tourist attraction by Sarah Morgenthaler. I don't know why I can't say her last name for shit. <laughs> I, it's it's easy. It's an easy last name. It I can is. get it. Um, but before we get into that, we would like to remind you to rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us on Instagram at the Phoenix, the PHX Nest Pod. I don't even know where we are anymore. The PHX Nest Pod on Instagram, and then it's the PHX Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at thephoenixnestpod at gmail.com. That's what I was trying to say. And uh, just so everyone knows, the links for that, as well as um, all of our social media, our email, our Goodreads, including the link to our favorite um, independent bookstore, they're all in the description below. All right. Do you want to read the back of the book? Yes, of course. Fantastic. Let's go for it. All right. He had a strict no-tourist policy until she broke all of his rules. When Grand Barnett named his diner the tourist trap, he meant it as a joke. Now he's stuck slinging reindeer dogs to an endless parade of resort visitors who couldn't interest him less. Not even the sweet, enthusiastic tourist in the corner who blushes every time he looks her way. Two weeks in Alaska... I almost said two weeks ago. Oh my. <laughs> two weeks in Alaska isn't just the top item on Zoe Caldwell's bucket list. It's the whole bucket. One look at the mountain town of Moose Springs and she's smitten. But when an act of kindness brings Zoe into Graham's world... She may find there's more to the grumpy local than meets the eye. And more to love in Moose Springs than just the Alaskan wilderness. Okay. First of all, the the act of kindness, I don't know. I couldn't pinpoint it. What did you think it was? Okay, so here I want to first off mention. I kept expecting her to start working at his diner and that was how they fell in love. Well, because she doesn't have a job anymore. Right. And she said it a few times, and everyone was like, you need to hire someone, dude. Like, And it would have been perfect. But never did that happen. No. So I want you to know, last time we read the um, little blurb from Serena Bowen that says it's a unique voice and a grumptastic hero. I'm sold. He was grumpy, but I don't think he was grumpy in the way that I was expecting him to be. Okay. And I think that it was hard to pinpoint what the act of kindness was because... He was not grumpy enough. Well, and, like, whose act of kindness was it? Was it the best friends? Was it... Was it Graham or was it Zoe? Because, like, what is it? Like, there's so much that happens in this book. Was it when... I couldn't figure it out. When her friend, was it Lana is the friend? Yeah. Was it when Lana took her to the tourist trap and got her growly bear? Was it um, when Lana bailed on the whale-watching trip? And Graham went with her. Was See, it, it was just very unclear to me because, like, an act of kindness brings Zoe into Graham's world. Is that Lana inviting her on the trip at all? Could have been. See, Could've like, been. there were just, and I don't know, like, when I think acts of kindness, I think of someone like going out of their way to help someone else. Yeah, and I don't know if that fit the if bill. If that really qualifies to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I just, when I read the blurb, and I was, like, waiting for it to be, like, that moment, like, that meet-cute moment, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's gonna do this with him, or he's gonna do this for her, or whatever. Because, like, I don't know, maybe the act of kindness is him lying to get her out of jail? 
Oh my god, that whole thing was fucking hilarious. First off, we want to mention, we loved this book. Yeah, it's long, but it is a good read. It is. And not like hot senior, like a fun one. No, because the sex wasn't on the page. Which was fine, because like... It led up to it, it did what it needed to do. Which gives us two books that we haven't had on... Set or on, on, sex. The, on the page, on the page sex. sex. It was closed door sex, and I was okay with okay. that. And <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna stay there. I dropped my book, and it's just gonna stay on the floor. I don't mean it. The look on Cat's face. Oh, that was great. It's fine. So we we actually really enjoyed this one. This one was um, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Okay. I had a moment where I was like, oh my god, whatever, a winter book about Alaska can't be that that great. And then I started reading it, and I was like, oh my god, this is a really easy read. It's really funny. I laughed out loud at one point and scared Oliver. Oh no. He was sleeping on me, and I went, oh no, and I laughed, and he like jumped up. It was kind of sad for him, but it was it was pretty great. And it's, I'm the type of person who will laugh out loud when I'm reading something funny. Like, I'm unashamed at all. It's it's pretty great. But it's very rare that I will laugh out loud. Yeah. And this was well-written. The characters are well-written. I can't talk today. That's fine. Um, this would be a shit show. It's, it's perfect. It's totally Every fine. episode we ever have. But um, just overall, the book itself was good. It was. And we haven't had a book in a while where it was an easy read. Because even in our last book, we kind of talked about how that was parts of it were difficult. Yeah. Just to get through. Well, and then also we had, let's see, The Boyfriend Project. There were parts that kind of were hard to get through. Then we had um, One to Watch. That was a great book, but it was had some difficult yeah. content, which is different. Yeah. This wasn't so much that the content was difficult. There was nothing difficult about it. It was fun. It was Enjoyable. The pacing was phenomenal. It was really relatable. Yes, it was very relatable. As someone who was often the poor person of the group, um, (laughs) her little froggy coin purse was like, girl, same. Yeah, you count those coins, okay? (laughs) You do it. Yeah, and just the way the characters were written to handle each other's emotions were pretty darn accurate to, like, real life. Yeah, and I think the interactions with the characters were incredibly relatable, not just because the characters themselves were relatable, but the actions that they were Yeah, like, it didn't matter that it was a dream vacation in Alaska. This is, like, pretty pretty well-rounded in in the way of, like, how you interact with another person. None of the characters were flat, either. Yeah, that was interesting, because usually we have a couple where, like, ugh, they're so annoying, or, like, they don't do anything. And even the annoying characters in this book were, like, well-written, which is weird. Even Grass. Even Halley or Haley, which was... I said Haley in my head. And that's... Yeah. It just felt weird. Yeah. I don't like it. It's whatever. So, okay. What do we want to talk about first? Should we talk about tourism in a small town? I mean, yeah. Okay, I am from a small town. We've discussed this. And when I say small, it's two and a half square miles. It's fucking tiny. Yeah, and I lived in a small town for a little while. Not a lot, but mm-hmm. I would visit a lot. Mm-hmm. But neither of us lived in tourist towns. Although there were, like, tourist attractions that are connected to Benson. Yeah. But not... It's hard to explain. Like, they're not really in Benson. No. But there's stuff there. Yeah. Like, it's very confusing. Um, Welton is a farming community. There's nothing out there. <laughs> but we have the weird... 
part that we're in Arizona and we have our winter visitors, our snowbirds, if you will. They're here. Not full force. No, but they're here. I'm, I'm thinking after Thanksgiving will be the big influx and I'm like, why? And not because they hate tourists. Leave your COVID or in your own they're state. They're not really tourists. They're snowbirds. That's different. They live here part-time. They but like buy properties and stuff. Whatever. But take your COVID elsewhere. We don't want to hear. Other places don't get snowbirds. And that's such no. a weird thing to think about because growing up here, like, everyone complains. <laughs> Where, like, suddenly you see a lot of people you don't recognize in places and you're like, oh, no. And you see a lot of license plates that don't belong. Yeah. And not because they're military. Way. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Living in Welton, that area is, like, massive for snowbirds. It's And insane. it makes sense, because if you've got cheap land and the ability to build houses or condos or whatever... Oh, they have, like, RVs. People are gonna... People are gonna show up. I was showing my coworker what it looked like where I lived, like, the how the, the streets were. He didn't believe me how small it was. I took him on a Google Maps tour on satellite view and was like, okay, so here's my house. Down the street is grandma's house. We went up this street. There's my dad's house. That's where dad worked. Go this way. And we like made a loop in less than five minutes on Google maps. Well, yeah. But he was like, why are there so many RV parks? Snowbirds, man. It's snowbirds. Because people drive their RVs here or they leave them here and pay for them to be here. Well, anyways, um, there are a lot of small towns in Arizona. Mm -hmm. I just got back from a tourist small town. Because that's where I went on vacation. I went to Prescott. And, and Prescott's it's, known for, like, Whiskey Row. And they've got, like, breweries and wineries and meaderies and, like, gorgeous mountains and huge, huge houses. and All the fun stuff. Cabins, you know. Let's preface this by saying, if you're going to say it, it's Prescott. Not Prescott. It's Prescott. Which is weird because it's spelled Prescott. But it's pronounced Prescott. Yeah. And if you tell anyone in Arizona that you go to Prescott, first off, we're going to correct your ass. Which is funny because we have Scottsdale. There's yeah. Prescott and Scottsdale, and one, they're very different. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it was just different, you know, because mm-hmm. it's, it's a destination. Yeah. And I think that's what Moose Springs is. Moose, yeah, Moose Springs is a destination. And like, the, no one ever comes to Arizona to go to Benson. No one comes to Arizona to go to Welton. You know, so, but, like, Moose Springs, destination. There's a resort. There's, yeah, that, I think that always helps is when something is, like, the nature is gorgeous. Well, it's, like, Tucson. Everyone's like, we better live there. And I'm like, no, like, don't do that. Well, it's, like, it's, like, Tucson. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of that here because where we have the most beautiful views is where people want to live, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you can live right up in the mountains. Well, and we're not far from Tombstone, which is incredibly touristy. Yeah, but it's so small. Listen, I don't give a shit how long I've lived. Yeah, I don't care how long I've lived in Arizona. Tombstone is still my favorite place in this entire state. I fucking love Tombstone. Really? Yes. It's kitschy. It's kind of dumb. But I fucking love it. And where they tell you the OK Corral is, that's not where it's at. It's up the corner where the Circle K is. They had to move everything. They did. I fucking love Tombstone. I love it. I think it's phenomenal. I think it's definitely one of those things where if you're in Arizona for the first time, you should make the day trip. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're staying in Tucson. If you're staying in Phoenix, it's a... It's a drive. It's a drive and almost not worth it no. unless you're going to stay in a small town. Because, like, Bisbee is a small touristy town. And, yep. You know, they have, like, the haunted hotels and stuff. That's why but, I like Tombstone. It's just... It's the history of it. It's kind of yeah, cool. They don't need to stand on the weird fake saloon walkways and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay. I, I find it that. fun. I, I find don't it need fun. that. It's, 
I mean, when it comes to tourism in small towns, um, there, I can see why the locals would be kind of frustrated because the entirety of Moose Springs is they're frustrated with the locals. They get into shit. They do dumb shit. With the tourists. Yeah, the tourists do. And the locals are just like, God, will they stop it? And it all centers around the fact that they come up to this resort. They're rich. They're willing to spend their money, but they're also going to be doing dumb shit. Yeah. Um, the, they made mention about a tourist who um, took out, almost killed a family. Yeah. They talk about how um, they've got the stray wildlife. So Ulysses, the moose. Um, I loved him. Ulysses was the best. The moose, I mean, the tourists are messing with the moose. And first off, moose are huge and they're scary. I don't know why anyone wants to just walk up to them. Like, it's, they look cute in photos and stuff, and they're, like, really pretty. Because you see them, and terrifying. you're like, that's not, that's not a giant creature. And then in real life, they're taller than a fucking truck. Mm-hmm. They're huge. And they can trample. And they will gore and you. And they get mad. Yeah. Oh, man. They get mad. We don't have moose here, so if you come here, you're safe. But Moose Springs clearly has moose. We have clavelines. They're awful. But they're disgusting. They stink. That's part of the problem with the, the Moose Springs version of the small town is that they don't have a whole lot going for them in the way of touristy things to do, aside from what they've set up because of the resort. So they have, like, the adventuring programs where you can go into, like, zip lines and helicopter tours and stuff, which is, like, stuff that they do in Alaska because they're, like, glaciers and yeah. whatever. But it's all because of this resort, and this resort is just not doing as well as everyone thinks it is. Yeah. And so for a lot of this, it's the tourists against the locals. And that's kind of where, how we meet Graham. Yes. And he's got this diner that part of the kitchen of it is that he's kind of an asshole. I loved it. It was so (laughs) much. He only has fries, hamburgers, and reindeer dogs. Yeah. That's it. That's it. As far as food. You walk up to the counter, you just get what he hands you sometimes, because he's like, I'm not taking orders. You he's get burger and fries. Yeah. He kicks people out kind of whenever he wants. He's just like, okay, we're closing. He Get makes shit away. He makes them clean. <laughs> he doesn't do the cleaning. He just and puts a big barrel out. And it feeds into the tourist attraction, which is why it's called a tourist trap. And people love it. Well, and he has so strange. He has his drink, the growly bear that he made intentionally to be one of the most disgusting things possible, but people love it. I mean, I would try it. I mean, I would drink it. I'm not down for a reindeer dog, though. No, no, not the way he made him. The ketchup. Oh, first off, I hate ketchup. It's ketchup is the worst of all. It was because it was for children. Well, no, it's because he overspices it. Yeah, he does it on purpose. Yeah, I wouldn't try it for that reason. If I'm going to have a reindeer dog, I'm eating a reindeer dog that wasn't overspiced on purpose. That's part of the allure. No, I don't want to die. Just be a tourist, Jessica. (laughs) I'm a bad tourist. I'm always the one who wants to go home. Um, So that's kind of tourism in a small town. Let's talk about her dream vacation. Zoe's. (laughs) Poor Zoe. Zoe's dream vacation is to go to Alaska. That's what she's always wanted. And, like, that's fair, because Alaska looks gorgeous. I don't think that's what I would want. My mom's been. I mean, there are a lot of things about Alaska that are interesting to me and could be fun. But I think a lot of it also has to do with, like, the the all-the-time day or all-the-time night. Oh, I'm here for it. I think I would hate that a lot. All-the-time night? I love night. It's fine. Tell Tell everybody what you said about Alaska prior to recording, though. 
You wouldn't want to go because of the one show you watched. Um, <laughs> I told Jess I didn't want to go because of watching Alaskan Bush People, which I know is, like, not entirely real. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to look it up. Because it's, like, this family that has bought land in Alaska, and they, like, want to live off the grid or whatever. But, like, their kids are all so unique. And you can't, like, you can't pinpoint what's going on with them. But you know they're a little different. They are precious. I'm going to say that. They're precious in a way that is unexplainable. And, like, their kids... I, I feel like they have real names, but they call each other other names. So they have, like, Bear or Bird. Um, it just... Cat, Cat made me look it up one time, and I had to respond with, wait, what are they saying? <laughs> I didn't understand. Yeah, because they've only, like, really spoken to each other. Because I think they're homeschooled. And, or, like, homestead schooled? I don't know. Um... But so part of them growing up not around normal society is that they've come up with like their own way of speaking. And it was really weird. And it's it's hard to get a hold on because it's almost Canadian, mm-hmm. but also almost someone who's deaf. Yeah. Which is something like that sounds really bad. But if you listen to the way that they form their, their like R's and stuff, they do like a weird mouth thing with the R's. It's a little, it's a lazy sound. It's very strange. Um, so you have to, like, really, really pay attention. But the parents don't speak like that. Just the kids. It's weird. Yeah. And some of them do, like, leave to other states, but then they come back. And so, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's not like the Amish show that one's done. <laughs> Cat watches a lot of reality television is what it's we're trying to get at. She, like, gets into all this stuff and then makes me watch it. And then I'm like, oh, no, no, I can't not watch it. <laughs> uh, so Zoe goes on this dream vacation. Um... And she saved for years for this because Lana has been like, just come with me. Just come with me when I go to Greece or Italy or Rome or whatever. It's not a big deal. I want you with me because you're my friend. And and so they're like, no, never. That would make me super uncomfortable. You're super rich and I'm clearly not. And I just can't, like, I just can't accept that. So she saves and saves and saves. To do a two-week vacation in Miss Rings, and she's going to sleep on the couch of Lana's suite at the resort. Yes. And she has everything planned. All of her money is planned where it's going, how much everything is, so that she knows she can afford to do all the adventure things, because she wants to see Alaska, like, in all its glory. Um, so she, she finally gets to go. Yeah. She gets to do all these things, so she's so excited about it. She does a lot of the things that I think I would want to do if this was the dream vacation I was planning. Although, I don't know if I would do it in Alaska. But everything she planned gets ruined. It's so sad. It's so heartbreaking. Because, like, anytime you plan something and you anticipate it and then it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go, it's, like, super disappointing anyways. But, like, it's to the point where it's, like, the world, the universe is telling her, like, don't even bother well, it's going to be terrible. She goes, her first thing is she's going to go on the horse ride, the horseback yeah. ride. And then her horse just fucking decides to give up and walks back. And they refuse to give her a refund because they tell her it's dangerous. And she left on her own. Like, it's her fault. But she, did, she didn't. She did It's not her fault. The horse. She. No one would help her. I'm sorry, but if you're new to riding horses and you're just, like, left to your own devices, 
The race is going to do whatever it wants. It does not care. It doesn't care. It's and, powerful, and it doesn't give a shit. And then then she's got the, um, the whale-watching trip. And Graham goes with her on that. Everybody is sick. Everyone's barfing. As someone who's been on a whale-watching trip, I can tell you that that is 100% accurate. Like, at least for that one, she was able to see an orca. Yes. Right? So, like, it, it was mad at the boat or something, and it came up really close and, like, splashed her. Yeah. Which sounds terrifying, because, like, that, that can kill you. Uh-huh. But, I mean, so there's, like, at least a little bit of fun in that, because she was enjoying the hell out of herself, even though everyone else seemed really miserable. She took her um, her meds. Graham did not. Yeah, he should he should listen to her, but he was like, "No, I don't need him. I'm fine. You I've been to, on the sea a lot. You have to you life. have Whatever. to be seaworthy to live in Alaska, kind of a thing." Yeah. Um, and then she does zip lining, and, and she's getting stuck. And that she doesn't weigh cool. enough. Yep, that goes terribly. That poor thing. Then the ATV trip that she had planned gets canceled. So then they decide they're going to do their own thing, and then she gets lost in the wilderness during a giant almost storm, dies. almost dies. Um, like she couldn't even hike. On her own successfully. <laughs> uh, and she's supposed to stay on the trail that's part of the resort. And just she none ends of up, it went well. She ends up hiking off the trail and ends up in Graham's yard. And Graham is a chainsaw artist. And he's just like, he comes after her with a chainsaw. She thinks that he's a serial killer. And he's going to get her. They end up getting thrown in the drunk tank and have to talk their way out of being arrested. And then they started listing all, like, her... Her priors. Her priors. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> it's great. But this dream vacation turns into this just a horrible experience for her. And I think the only reason why it was salvaged and was made in, and is what made Alaska so me- meaningful to her was Graham. Because otherwise, I think she would have just gone home and said, fuck it, I'm never going back. That was awful. Yeah, him taking her around to, like, local places and, like, kind of forcing everyone to just accept her I think made it much better because then I was, like, bonfire on the beach and fireworks and seeing that pod of, what, narwhals? The narwhals? Ew, ew, ew. They describe it as she hears this clacking sound in the water and it's the sound of narwhal tusks. I think that's the nastiest thing I've ever heard. Really? I hate narwhals. What? Who hates narwhals? It's a random thing to hate. Okay, I don't like sloths, and I don't like narwhals. It's a giant fingernail that's coming out of their heads. It's really nasty to me. Whatever. It's it's gross to me. But she has these experiences with Graham that kind of turns her shitty vacation into the, the vacation she was hoping for. Like, they take her out to see the glacier. Which is awesome, even though she also almost dies then. She almost dies a co- several times. Poor it's Zoe. It's like the universe... Conspiring against yeah, her. Yeah, like, the universe needs her to be saved or some shit. I don't know. She needs to start going to church. <laughs> I don't know. Find religion. Just, well, that takes... Every turn is just terrible. That's all of her dangerous adventures. I mean, if you think about it, she they take her to the glacier, they get into the cave, and the um, the rope gives... While she's climbing up it, he barely catches her. Um, and then Ash has to help get him out because she's the one who took him in the helicopter to go see all of this. And then there's the ATV thing and she gets stuck in the bad weather. Mm-hmm. She gets splashed. She can't see because she's nearly blind without her glasses. And she almost dies because the direction she was running to get back is actually off of a fucking ravine. It was bad. 
Would you go on any of these adventures? Oh, yeah. Definitely. Knowing full well that you, you could die? Well, I mean, you can die doing anything, so... I mean, that's true. And if I'm going to go somewhere and spend the main do it, like, we've talked about... My family, <laughs> we have this idea that we want to start doing more outdoorsy things now that we have a little baby, oh, so yeah. that he can grow up having experiences and not things. He's the most precious being on the planet. Oh, my God. Can you show you the latest picture of him? Oh, and I have a terrible story to tell you. Oh, no. <laughs> it's so bad. But, um, we decided that... Aside from, like, Disneyland, which is something huge that our family likes to do because um, my brother-in-law and his brother don't get to do that mm-hmm. or, like, didn't get to do that growing up. That's, like, our big thing. But we want to start doing experiences, not, like, just giving the baby things all the time. Yeah. And um, so one of the things that we've talked about is going to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Okay. Because they have, um, they like, toboggan slides. Okay. That go through pastures and forests and stuff. Are they the ones that have, like, the brakes and yeah, stuff? Yeah, you can steer yourself. Yes! Yeah, and so we're talking about there's that, and there's, like, a rafting company that's supposed to be really good through there. And, um, not stagecoach tours, but, like, some kind of tour. Like, homestead tours? Yeah, and so we're like, see, that's the kind of stuff that would be fun and outdoors, and we get to do things. That could be fun. And not just, like spend a ton of money on food all the time. I'm not ziplining. I don't like the idea of ziplining when people do the thing where it's like miles and miles of zipline. I have no. done a zipline. No. And it's fun. But um I, I it will it makes me panic if I think too much about how high I am. Um mine I would do that. Mine is I once heard a story of a woman who went ziplining and didn't pull her hair back and her hair got stuck in the zipline and pulled her scalp off. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a no thank you for me. Well, now they're making my helmets and shit, so. Yeah, no, it's, I'm good. Um, I'm not going on an ATV. I would do that. Not happening. And I've definitely done horseback riding. Horseback riding I can do. Not, like, a truly guided ride. I just went, like, with friends and stuff, and that's really fun. I love horseback riding. That's, it's a blast. Um, hiking, obviously, we love hiking. We would do uh, that. We need to start going we to the Indian nature where it's not so sad. Ugh, everything in the world is on fire. Twenty twenty six. Being trapped in my house for the last like three weeks has been awful. It's the worst. Um, let's see. Other dangerous adventures I'm not down for. I, that ice cave business. Show me the glaciers from a helicopter, but don't take me down there. I think glaciers and ice caves and stuff are really, really pretty, but that's not something that I want to mess with. It takes me that's back... That's one of the few no's for me. takes me back to the um, Whiteout book, and then that takes me to Mount Everest, and all of that is a no. Yeah. See, things where it's, like, certain death, not really on my list. <laughs> no. Not at all. Um, let's see. We talked about... We talked about Ulysses. So let's go back to Ulysses. Ulysses is a moose. And he's in love with buns. He's in love with buns. And like what, literal bakery bread buns. Yes. And what that means is he is also in love with Graham's pickup truck. Which I think is the funniest thing. Because, like, the size is probably correct. Yeah. But the actions aren't going to work. It's hysterical. He's rubbing against the truck. He's getting moose goo all over the truck because he's trying to find the buns. And um, it's just not working out for him. It's not at all. The truck is is horribly, horribly damaged at this point. And Graham's whole thing is trying to keep the tourists away. Because, again, moose are angry things. Yeah. And there is a scene where... um, they are on their way back to Graham's place, I think, because they're about to get hot and heavy. 
And um, that was a disgusting way to say that, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> uh, I felt 90 in that moment. Um, they're back. They're on their way back, and he gets a phone call regarding Ulysses. Um, he has attacked a tourist because the tourist got too close. And um, they're going to have to relocate him. Which is awful, because we find out that it's a 50-50 chance that he might not come out of the anesthesia okay. And then there's also, he's not going to know where any water is. He's not going to know how to get to his food like he used to. It's a whole new place. Um, So he's really upset by it, because that's his moose. That's, That's his moose. I mean, I don't want a moose personally, but if I had a moose that I was cordial with, I'd be pretty upset. But he takes him a bun before he goes. Yeah, that was pretty sad. Just the whole deal that it's something that's avoidable, I think, was what made it super sad. Because, like, I don't know. We get stories here of things like that. Oh, it always makes me so mad when they're like, well, now we have to, like, kill this whatever. And it's usually, like, a mountain lion. I'm like, okay, but, like, what were those people doing to not make on the happen. trail. Like, yeah. That's always my question, is why were you not on the trail? People who are getting bit by coyotes because they were trying to pet them. First of all, coyotes are not dogs. No. They might sometimes look like dogs. They look closer to foxes to me. They do. I mean, if you live around coyotes enough like we do, they don't look anything like a dog to us. It's, yeah, you can tell when it's not a dog. Well, but just, like, they have to tranquilize and remove, or they have to kill them if they think they're rabid. And if it attacks you, they usually have to kill them. But that was, like, what, like, a couple months ago, someone was attacked by a mountain lion in, like, California, Mm -hmm. and he had a video of it, and then they found out that was because he was near her cubs and trying to shoot a video of her babies. And I was like, you're dumb. Leave it alone. You're so dumb. You really think that it wasn't going to chase away from its babies? Like, come on. We had, um, we had a mountain lion. We had actually a couple mountain lions here. Was it the mountain lion? We had no. It was coyotes. We had three coyotes here recently that had to be euthanized because they'd found a body of a man on a trail that had been eaten. And so they thought, oh my God, the coyotes attacked. So they, um, they end up killing the coyotes, doing the autopsy, finding, yes, there were human remains in their, their stomachs. Well, and that's, like, the only way to check for rabies. Yeah. But the problem was, is it wasn't a coyote attack. The man was murdered and left for dead and thrown out there. So the moral of the story, guys, don't mess with the wildlife. Just leave them alone. Just leave them alone. Um, let's see. What do you want to talk about next? We're just... We're saving that one for very, the very end. Let's talk because we're already on his... You can leave that. We're already on his love for his moose. Let's talk about his dog. Oh. Okay. Um, we have a friend who I have tried to convince on multiple occasions. You know, dogs are like chick magnets, mm-hmm. right? And he was like, no, I don't want a dog. I don't want a dog. First of all, this is the person you would least expect to not want a dog because he does outdoorsy things where a dog would be useful, like hunting, you know, tracking. Yeah, things, right? Yeah. And so I've just been like, listen, just cute dog, well-trained, well-behaved, people will love it, it won't matter, you'll get yourself a good girl, right? No, he doesn't want it. However, in our book, we have this dog who's a blind Border collie that was abandoned as a puppy. Oh, and he's so cute. At the diner, and his name is Jake, and he's Graham's best friend. 
He calls him his puppy. He has to share custody. With, <laughs> with his friends. With his friends and his mom and dad. He likes to dress Jake up. He has outfits for everything. He has pajamas. And this is where, okay, this is where the, um, the size description of the man didn't make sense to me. Because there are multiple times where he picks Jake up under an arm. Mm-hmm. Border Collies are big. They're not huge, but, but they're but stout. They're, that's they're a, that's a size, it's a sizable dog. Yeah, I mean, we'll say it's like maybe 40 to 50 pounds, right? Yeah. But to be able to pick up your 40 to 50 pound Border Collie, not like compact dog, because they're long. And run. With and him. run and jump a fence. Like, that to me tells me you're a giant beast of a man. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, like, the cover... Oh, my book's on the floor still. <laughs> but, like, on the cover, that is not what I envisioned. I, don't, I didn't envision the mountain of the man that Easton was. He was huge. Because he was, like, scary big, right? Yeah. But, like, the, the cover art did not, I feel, match. I say this all the time, I think. But the cover art doesn't match my expectation. Yeah. As it's set in the story. You do. <laughs> but that's okay. Because it's true. <laughs> I, um, first off, I loved his relationship with his dog. Yeah. That was a man who wasn't like, that's my dog. That was like, that's my puppy. He's my baby. Take care of him. Don't let anything bad happen to him. Remember, he's blind. Call me if you need anything. Here's the emergency contact information. Like, he was everything. That was mm-hmm. his baby. So much so that for the big giant 4th of July thing, he takes his dog to Anchorage where his parents are at because he knows that his dog is going to be anxious with all the noise and he just wants him to be okay. So he takes Jake to his parents' house. It's just cute. It's a cute relationship. It's a really good one because I feel like often in these books, we don't see anyone with pets. Not really. Um, which I think is strange because pets are such a normal part of my everyday life that it's weird to think people don't have pets. Well, because you guys have dogs. Yeah, and we've always had dogs. Like, there's never been a time in life where we didn't have a dog. Yeah. At least one. And so, like, when you write in what an actual relationship with your pet is like, it's really interesting because that is how people with dogs are. Yeah. If you have a dog and you love that dog, it's your baby. It is. There goes our daily bullshit. Um, I will say that if anybody ever writes a rom-com with me in it, um, this is kind of the relationship I have with my cat. I talk to him like he's a people. We have full conversations sometimes. He's kind of an idiot. I love him a lot. Um, Let's talk about how Zoe doesn't feel like she fits in anywhere. And how difficult that is for her. Because she feels like she doesn't fit in at home. She never left home. She left the outer, outer limits of home and started working in the diner. Right. Um, and then she goes to Alaska with her rich friend and doesn't feel like she fits in there. Well, she feels like she doesn't fit in with people who have a lot of money because she can't contribute to their conversations. Yeah. Which I would understand. Um, I wouldn't say we have a lot of friends that are super wealthy or anything. No. But it is different when you try to relate to people who have a lot more disposable income than you do. And you're like, hmm, okay, well. 
<laughs> As, I didn't do that last week. But yeah, yeah, that can get that can get pretty hard. It can get difficult. Um, we had a conversation on the way from lunch just now, right, about budgeting and how. We've gotten better as time has gone on. I can tell you, I've gotten a lot better at it. I used to always be the really poor one. And now I'm not. Thank God. <laughs> but it's it's difficult when money is involved and not feeling like you fit in. But I think a lot of hers, too, is that she feels very plain all the time. Um, she doesn't consider herself to be overly attractive. She finds it very strange that Graham loves her glasses for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And I, as someone who wears glasses, it would be weird for me, too, if someone was like, oh, my God, I love your glasses. You look adorable in your glasses. And I'm like, thank you. I can see. That's all that I mean, matters. That's because you're mean to people when they give you compliments, <laughs> Jessica. That's a different problem. Um, it's why I'm single. I don't know how to respond to anything. But I think that it was important to put that difference, not just because of the resort and the small town feeling, but because it gave the dynamic of their romantic relationship a different layer where he understood that she was worried about money and she had that breakdown in front of him. Mm-hmm. But instead of him being like, oh, I'll do everything for you, he which is what you would look. expect. I was fully expecting him to be like, no, this is on the house. Like, constantly. And, like, sometimes he did. Um, but he it, always, was, it was just interesting to see, because if you have ever been the person without money... Or you've been the college student where you're like, I have seven dollars for the next two weeks or whatever it is. Oh god, those are the worst. The last thing you want is for someone that you're like romantically interested in, if you have self pride. Mm-hmm. If you're that person and not like gold digging, then you don't want people to just be like, Well, you know, I kinda like you, so I'll just pay for everything all the time. Like it's really awkward. It's it's really hard. Um I'm going to get a little deep right now about that kind of thing. I have been in a situation in the past where I had a freezer-burned chicken tender left in the fridge. I didn't have anything else. And I finally said, I don't have anything. I don't know what I'm going to do. And first and foremost, this kind of tells you a little bit more about our friendship. Kat and her sister went to Target and bought me groceries. And didn't tell me anything about it. They <laughs> left it on my doorknob. And then I got a text message that says, hey, you should look outside. And I'm going, why? That's fucking weird. And I opened my door and there was groceries. Yeah. And as someone who has been in that, sh- you know, in that position, and it is difficult to say something. It is very difficult to yeah, say something. Definitely. But at the same time, I'm glad that he didn't do that thing where he's like, oh, she's poor. I'll cover everything. And I think that that's a really dangerous thing that does happen in romantic relationships yeah. a lot. And I think it's weird because I often see, like, online, and I can never tell if it's joking out where men are, like, complaining about, well, we have to always pay for dates and stuff. I'm like, but who asked you? Like, who, who told you you have to? Like, that's a really old school thing. And it's yeah. because women weren't allowed to work. That's why men had to pay for the dates. Yep. That's it. But women work now, so if, don't do that if you don't want to. If I am asking you out, whether that be your male, female, somewhere in between, if I ask you out, I'm fully expecting to pay for the date myself. And there's nothing wrong with saying, like, we can go here, 
and I'll treat you, or we can go here and we can go have these. Yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, I feel, in 2020. Like, you know? I feel like you should plan accordingly, and you should be open in a discussion about what you expect out of this date. I don't expect you to pay for everything. Right. I'm going to cover it. Or would you like to go and we can split this? Um, the exception is if you ask me on a date on my birthday. Oh. I don't much enjoy my own birthday. No. But if you ask me to go out with you on my birthday and you know it's my birthday, pay. I'm probably going to expect that you're buying me dinner. Pay for Which is just food. like, I think that's just from growing up. Because it's your birthday. Yeah. You're not like, let's say dinner for your birthday. It's like, Okay. That's what happened the last time we recorded, and we went on that sushi adventure. Oh, yeah. Kat was like, we're getting sushi for your birthday, damn it. We're a week late for your birthday. It was fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's, I think that it it made it a lot better. She didn't constantly talk about how she didn't feel like she fit in. They had a lot of instances of things that I would consider normal. Yeah. Like, they both kind of dealt with some jealousy Mm-hmm. But in a normal way, not like a I'm going to make you jealous way, they both dealt with, like, anger issues. That's where, let's get into alpha holes really quick then. Yeah. So they get into a fight, and she calls him an alpha hole. And I want y'all to know, I love a good alpha hole. I love a good alpha hole. He is not one. He's a cinnamon roll. Oh my god, where's my list of cinnamon rolls? <laughs> Hold on, please. Cat has a list that she keeps on her phone as a note. It's literally called Types of Cinnamon Rolls. <laughs> okay, let's see. What do we think? Um, maybe something. he'd be like a cinnamon roll with nuts. Okay. Because that one I wrote, less icing equals healthier, question mark, and acquired taste still great, just different. <laughs> Which I guess would be him, because, like, if you think about his interaction with his ex, yeah. Hannah, she's like, you're just a real piece of work. But not, like, a mean way. No. She's just like, get your shit together, man. Get your head out of your ass. Const- of constantly kicking him out of her hotel, because he's causing a, a ruckus of or, some kind. Or he may be, like, the OG cinnamon roll. That one says, the outside is slightly crispy, but everything past the first layer is sweet and wonderful, warm and soft. I would say that one. Probably. Because he's got a gruff exterior, but it's not super gruff. And you can get yeah. to his his, ru- his gooey middle really quick. Oh, then he might be a cinnamon roll bites, which I... What are those called? Just bites? Yeah. Because this one says, rough, sugary exterior, but all melty on the inside. Doesn't get the attention it deserves. <laughs> okay. We're going to call it that one. Because that's, that's, that's Graham. My point is he's a cinnamon roll. Though. He's a cinnamon roll. He's not an alpha hole. Not she at all. She calls him one... Um, out of anger when they're fighting after Lana got hurt mm-hmm. because Zoe's like, don't draw attention to it. Let her sleep it off. Get the police involved. That's how you should help. Yeah. And Graham's like, no. No one fucks with my friends. I'm going to beat the shit out of people who do that to her even though I disagree with what she's doing. Because, like, she's buying the resort and, like, whatever. She's buying the entire town, essentially. Which is ridiculous. But she had gone looking for them. And some guys roughed her up, which is disturbing for, like, multiple reasons. And she yeah. um, she had kind of a breakdown, which would make sense. If you were physically attacked, you would definitely have a breakdown, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but they each want to handle it in a different way. And it leads to Graham, constant, his constant thing is, like, you know, tourists are awful. They suck. I hate them. It's always us against them. And so it's... 
I personally thought it was him looking for a reason to break it off with Zoe because he knew that they were in too deep. It felt like it. And she saw it as her opportunity to, like, kind of hit him where it hurt. Yeah. Emotionally, not physically this time. And, um, and I think that's where that came from, was her telling him, you want everyone to follow you and you influence all these people, but you do it in a way where it, like, feeds into their hate, which is partially true. Yeah. And I think, but I think it wasn't just him. I think it was just the town itself already felt that way and he knew how to fuel the fire. Yeah. And so she calls him out on it and she calls him an alpha hole. But for me, an alpha hole is someone who, like, if we're talking romance novels, like, has very little emotions that aren't jealousy and anger and violence and has to be super controlling all the time. And Christian I don't... Gray. Yeah, I don't see Graham... He's not as that. No, no, he's not. So he's real go with the flow. Christian Grey is kind of my definition of a true alpha hole. Someone that I can say, yes, that is 100% an alpha hole. Like, cause he's awful. Cause he's awful. Um, he is awful. He's just like, it's the easiest one that you can come up with to just say that's an awful. I mean, there are plenty of others. Like what was the other one that we read? Um, crap. Where he like owns literally everything. Uh, like he takes her to a hotel room and oh, um, bear to you, Gideon Cross. Yeah, he's awful too. He's an alpha hole, um, and I like a good alpha hole. I enjoy a good one, but not it's, like it's that. It's in the writing. Yeah, it's, it's always in the writing and the character <laughs> development. Like Graham clearly had deep feelings and was very willing to show them a lot of the time. Yeah, and unfortunately, one of his deep feelings is anger. <laughs> yeah. Where, and that turns into, like, him beating the shit out of Killian and, you know, stuff like that. And, like... Killian deserved it. Yeah. I, so the whole thing was just a disaster. And I honestly thought that was going to be what led to the, the happy ending part. Mm-hmm. But then it took a different step. And I was like, oh, man. Okay. But not in a way that I was like, oh, why am I reading more? Okay. I liked the book, so I was okay with it. We're going to talk about... Cat's, the happy ending? Cat's dream happy ending. If Cat were to have, <laughs> we've discussed it before, she said it multiple times, oh, but yeah. if Cat were going to have a rom-com, this is where her rom-com ends and begins, okay? We get an airport love confession. Which you can't do anymore because all the security. And they bring that up. He hops security in the airport. And he's like, airport. I could take those TSA guys. It's a small airport. And he's got, his, he's got Jake under his arm. He steals a neon orange shirt that barely fits him. Makes it to the gate. Misses her. And they won't let her on. It he's, was devastating. When he was like, when they wouldn't let him on, he was like, well... I missed her. I should have come earlier. I shouldn't have been messing around and, like, calling Ash to be like, hey, tell me what to do, whatever. It was so sad. And then he turns around because he hears a voice, and he's like, and Jake finds her. And Jake is wonderful and lovely and perfect. Um, And she's eating a cinnamon roll. She couldn't get on the plane. She couldn't do it. She said she had her moment because he describes his moment of falling of falling in love with Moose Springs because he had gone to college and been like, I'm not coming back. I'm moving to a big city. I don't want to live in a small town anymore. And then he came back and was hit with like this beauty and wonder mm-hmm. of his own small town. And he's like, wow, this has been here the whole time. 
And he said, this is my moment, but you have to have your own. And she did. But her moment was an angry moment because she got mad at a tourist for trying to take a picture with the moose. <laughs> and she got really pissed off. And then she said she realized she had her moment and she couldn't leave. But all of her luggage was on the plane. She's like, I don't have any underwear. <laughs> and then he so- gets tackled as he's like... <laughs> Tell him how much he loves her. By a guy he went to school with. And now they really well. was like, you ran so fast. <laughs> I ran the wrong way. Because he went left instead of right or whatever. He's like, should have gone left. And he's like, yeah, I know that now. But it, the ending was amazing. It was the perfect ending. Because then we find out that Zoe decides she's going to make her own way. She gets a job with the resort to help with the tourists and yeah. and get them all going because of her horrible, horrible experience with the one place that was cheaper that she bought her packages through for all of these experiences. Um, and it was just a great ending. You cried. Oh, yeah. I cried like multiple times. At the moose thing, I cried. At the airport love confession thing, I cried. Um, I was super happy with this ending because I fully expected him to give her a different waitressing job than the truck stop she had been at Mm -hmm. and for them to just happily own this restaurant. But instead, she's like, I'm going to take flying lessons. I'm going to be the best goddamn tour guide Alaska's ever seen because she's just like so into it. Yeah. And then he's still running the tourist trap, but he's also still making art. And it's like, okay, that's way better. And then we end with the almost proposal. When he says, this is her moment, and then I cried again. Because <laughs> it was like, this is Zoe's moment, he could wait to have it, because and he's going to propose. And I was like, what? He takes her out to see the Aurora, the Northern, the Northern Lights, the Aurora Borealis, and he's he looks at her, he's got the ring in his pocket, it's in his hand, he's about to pull it out, and he looks over at her and realizes, this is her moment, this isn't my moment. Gotta let her enjoy it without being part of it. And exactly. that's hard. But it was that's nice. Super hard. It was nice that he knew to do that. Because he's a cinnamon roll. He is. He's not an alcohol. That was meant to hurt him. It was. It was dumb and it's not true. But yeah, um, I would 110% make out with a Graham type person. You would. 100%. Oh, yeah. No questions asked. You got blades in the back of your truck? Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I had a truck, so <laughs> I get it. She gets it. No, but that's, like, one of the best things about a truck is being able to, like, go out in the middle of nowhere and just, like, literally watch shooting stars when there's yeah. no city lights. We used it's to awesome. We used to take the truck out to the riverbed and do it there. Yeah, we don't have one of those. No. Um, Our riverbeds are washes and you'll die. Yeah. We were, well, we were at the, um... The Colorado comes down, and then off of that comes the Gila. Yeah. And we were literally, like, right off the Gila. So we would go down to the river. And the river, we like... We have a lot of, like, state trust land and stuff that has, yeah. like, back roads on it. They're not well-maintained. No. Nope. And they're a little scary if they're sand. And you will get stuck. And I did not have a four-wheel drive vehicle. Oh, yeah. And I once ran over a very big snake. Oh, that's common here. Like, oh, no. But it was, like, first of all, it was dark. Ooh. So I see this, like creature slithering across. Like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm going to hit it because I was already in motion. Yeah. And you can't just like slam on your brakes in dirt. No, nope, you'll slide. Work. You'll slide. And so I just like, no! And I like hit it. It was like, thump. I was like, ugh. And then the guy was like, he's like, don't worry, it's a bad snake. And I was like, you're just saying that so I don't feel that. That was so gross. Have you? Okay. so nasty. Living in Arizona, you run over snakes pretty regularly in the summer. And you'll see snakes that have been run over by others, like, multiple yeah. times. I once ran over a snake when I was driving my little Maxima, and I hit the snake, 
And it was long enough that it went from one side of the white line to the side of the They're middle line. And I hit it just right that the front and back just went <laughs> against the sides it of my car. because you don't see them very often. No, I almost vomited. Unless you're, like, out hiking. And that's why they're so huge. Mm-hmm. Because they don't go anywhere. No. They don't have to. They have so much food out there. And so when you see snakes on the road, you're like, what are you thinking? Like, get off the road. Yeah. Um, all yeah. right. It's time to rate this book on a scale of one to five. Kat, what do you give the tourist attraction? I'm going to give it a hard five. A hard five. Okay. I enjoyed reading it. The pacing was like the best pacing of a book that we've had so far. There was no part of it where I was like, ugh, going to skip this part. Like, in other books where we have talked about, like, everything's forced at the end or everything's, mm-hmm. like, boring in the beginning, whatever. It's really rushed, things um, like that, yeah. I enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed that not everything revolved around our sexual relationship because that was kind of the tone it took at first mm-hmm. of that it was just going to be, like, a vacation fling and loosen up and lot because whatever Lana was saying. It was going to be a tryst. And I was like, oh, man, that's going to be sad if it's, like, fuck first ask questions later and I actually look kind of because we see that a lot yeah and there's nothing wrong with it it's just it's so repetitive and so to have it be like he loves how dorky she is yeah and just wants her to have a good time all the time and she's like so certain that she knows how to have a good time and she fucks it up constantly it was just a really fun read aside from the crime okay but that was just a me thing okay <laughs> Um, I'm going to give it a 4.75. Okay. And the only reason is, um, I do agree with you on everything. The only thing that I didn't really like was how quickly they were willing to say they love each other. Okay. But when you know, you know, Jessica, I know you're the cynic. <laughs> um, yeah. But 100%, I can tell you if I'm going to love a person within like 10 days of meeting them. Not maybe romantically, because that has not worked out in the past. But... I think my whole reasoning behind it is I got married to my now ex-husband after 45 days of knowing him. Oh, so you're a little jaded. I'm very jaded. That's a little bit different. I feel like they both figured they had nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. They're both in small towns. She didn't have a whole lot that was truly pulling her back to Mudgeton. Mudgeton? Wherever it was, yeah. Michigan? Yeah, Mudgeton, Michigan. Sounds awful. It sounded terrible. So I think that was part of I think, like, maybe part of my real-life problem is not having the balls to just be, like, free and open with my own emotions. Like, in my (laughs) head and my heart, I am that person. And then when it comes down to to brass tacks, I'm like, mm, we got lots of walls. (laughs) We're not doing that, you know? And so I think that's maybe why it was so quick for them. Okay. Uh, When you, if you know, you know, kind of. Yeah. I know, but I get that, too. It was fast. Would you read the second one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm also glad that they didn't make him fly to Michigan to get her. I was going to be really annoyed. Oh, then he's got to figure out where she's at, which is the diner, blah, blah, blah. I think Lana would have fixed it, right? Lana would have fixed it. But, like, I didn't want to deal with that, the chasing her thing across the country. You know, like, whatever. But I was glad that it was an airport. It was great. Happy ending. It was a fantastic ending. Solid pacing. Yeah. We loved everything about it. It was great. We're glad we read it. Me too. Yeah, we are very glad we read it. Um, so let's talk about what we'll be reading next week. Now, technically, we're at the end of our pre-planned list. 
And so I brought out everything that we have left and handed it to Kat and said, I don't know, what do you want to do? And they all sounded, so keep that in mind. Yes. Um, and she did not put them in any particular order. She says, I don't really care about the order. I really want to read these two soon. Because I only told you there was one that I didn't feel like was going to be fun to read. And yes. And it wasn't one of the ones that you needed. No, it was not. Um, so I believe what we're going to do next is um, we're going to go ahead and do Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. Okay. This one excites me. I read the so blurb, and I was like, okay, this is going to be funny. Because <laughs> like, it sounds like um, it's very Bob Burgers. Does that how it feels to in you? The, in the plot summary. <laughs> okay. Um, I, first off, as a giant fandom nerd who has read a lot of fan fiction, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Love the idea of it. Love that she's plus size. Love that they actually put a plus size woman on the cover. Amen. I mean, honestly. She has a butt dimple. Yeah. Those are real things. God forbid real women have this. Cartoon women, sure. Love it. Love it. Here for it. So join us next time as we discuss Spoiler Alert by Olivia Dade. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way. This is coming out on Thanksgiving Day. Um, spend oh, it. Fun. Yeah. Spend the day with the people that you care about. And uh, if anybody pisses you off, just leave. It's fine. Yeah, it's okay to go through a cleanse this year. It's 2020. Do whatever you want. Yeah, 2020. Cut cut all the ties. Burn all the bridges. 2020's been a bitch. Just be your happiest self until 2021. Do what you (laughs) need to do. Then you can have your one. And uh, remember, bad bitches read romance. Bye. Bye.